0: Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. I'm going to read from the Amplified. Okay. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your mind. And keep them set on what is above the higher things. Not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as the world is concerned, you have died. And your new, real life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen. So as I was pondering on this text so many things was jumping out at me and one thing that i just want to jump on straight away is verse 2 set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things not on the things that are on earth set your minds and keep them set on what is above I really want us to think about that, because there's an option there. The option is, if you don't set your mind on the things above, you can set your minds on the things below. Rent. Who's upset me? Who's disrespected me? Who's let me down? Who won't say hello to me when I come to church? How come Pastor Andrew won't say hello to me when 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 I come into church? These are the things that we do put our mind on. We walk around forgetting what Jesus has done. Here's another thing I just want us to to look at. Verse 1, this is the Amplified. Aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above aim at and seek now I'm a bit of a football fan at times I won't tell you who I support it's a long story but interestingly I realized in any sport if you take away the goal or you move the goal the game has changed I'll say that again any sport if you take away the goal or move the goal the sport has changed So here's my question to you all. What is the goal of your Christian walk? And if you don't know the goal of your Christian walk, then the chances are whatever you're shooting at is missing. So the key thing is this, yes, we've accepted Jesus, or I'm pondering it, maybe not everyone's here who's who's a believer. I've accepted him what do I do now? If you think the goal is to just come into a building which we call church, you've missed it. If you think the goal is just reading your Bible because I just need to read as much of it because, you know, the last time Pastor Andrew was was here, he just said, just read your Bible. So I'm I'm just reading my Bible. And if that's all you're doing just for the sake of reading, you've missed it. the goal of the christian walk is for you to realize that you're a son of the most high to walk fully in the kingdom of god walking in the kingdom of god what does that look like and this is what today's message is partly about what does that look like what what what, what is having a heavenly way of thinking why is it significant let's just jump into the bible Okay, I want to um, go through this very quickly. But I just want you to capture what some of the Bible says about heaven. Okay, listen to this. Revelation 21, 4. I'm not going to read it. I'm just, it's just what you can gather from it. Revelation 21, verse 4. No more death. No more tears. No more bad memories. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more curses. No more bad moods and attitudes. No more poverty. 1 Corinthians 2.9. No I can imagine what God has prepared. Revelation 21, 22, 27. No need for a sun or a moon in heaven because the glory of God will give everywhere light. Hebrews 13.14. The world as we know it is not our permanent home, but, should, but we should be looking forward to things to come. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. Nothing unclean will ever be allowed to enter heaven. There will be no more sin. There will be no more fear. There will be gold pavements. This one is amazing. Isaiah 65. The wolf and the lambs will feed together. Lions will eat straw like the ox. The cow will graze with the bear. Nature will be at peace. You will see loved ones again who knew Jesus. You will have a new glorified body. No more knee pains. No more back pains. Physically, you'll be perfect. Here's my thought. Sounds really good. Do we know that or do we believe it? When was the last time you looked at Scripture and thought to yourself, what does the Bible say about heaven? What does the Bible say about the life to come? Have you been encouraged by that? Why should you feel encouraged by that? Maybe you should feel encouraged by that because of this one thing. The Bible says that everything that Christ is, he's given to you. 1 Corinthians six seventeen says that we share one life with Christ. The Bible says, be holy as he is holy. Jesus is perfect. So the ability to live a life free of sin is there. It's there because the life of God is in you. But here, here's the question. If the capacity to live like God on earth is in you because you simply have believed in the blood of Jesus, why have you chosen to have unforgiveness? Why have you chosen to walk in bitterness? Why have you chosen to to believe who you are is based on what you have? Why have you accepted what people think about you to be who you think you are? We've been given everything, but why have we settled for everything else that is less than what God has given to us? I look at this and I ask myself, Andrew, this is, there's so much here. Thinking differently. It's not just a case of thinking differently. It's thinking with the mind of Christ. That's what this is. I want to tell you a story. Now, this is one of my friends. who doesn't go to this church, but I'm allowed to tell him. I'm allowed to tell you this story. He gave me permission. So he has just, he's about to embark in a relationship that he believes God has brought to him an amazing woman of God. He's an amazing guy. And he said to me, he said, Andrew, I know God has given me this blessing of a woman. And he said to me, if I knew I was going to be with her, the last 10 years of my life would have been completely different on a relational front. I said, wow. This man is in love. He's in love. And the beauty is this. Now that he's in love, he realised if he had the faith to perceive, to trust that God's word says that every good thing comes from above and it is God's desire to give you the desires of the heart that he's put in there. If he truly believed that, whether he saw a vision, whether he saw a dream, if he kept on believing then some of the relationships that he was in wouldn't have had to happen. But he allowed the moment of finally being in an amazing relationship, it was like a light bulb moment. And I said to myself, wow, that's an amazing story. How true is that going to be when we go to heaven? Think about that. There's going to be a time when you actually see Father God. There's going to be a time, imagine, you're just going to be standing in heaven and just looking around. This is amazing. Let it not be to us that we get there and automatically we have regrets. This is how I should have lived. If I knew it was going to be this good if I knew all the worries that was plaguing me for the last 10 years means nothing to where I am and whose I am and, and the God who loves me. If. And I thought to myself, wow. I don't want to get to heaven with regrets. With regrets that whilst I was on earth, I didn't give Everything to the one who gave me everything. Amen. No amount of drugs, no amount of alcohol, no amount of fornication, no amount of you name the sin, it, it pales in comparison to what God has for you. And it's not just the blessings of God, it's Him. And it made me realize. How often do we walk in deception? Thinking that something is more significant than God's love for us is deception, unfortunately. Thinking that you have to be the richest person, the most successful person in your field, all of these things mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. (laughs) I'm not sure if this is a Nigerian parable or, or my mom has said it to me too many times. But she said, Angie, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you're not going to be able to take anything with you when you die. So straight away I realised, it's not about what I acquire. On a Christian perspective, it's how well I love. My value is in Christ. Your value is in Christ. When you realise your value in Christ that's when people see how valuable you are. Amen. This isn't about trying harder. This isn't about gritting your teeth. Oh, I must, I must be a better person. God's not asking you to be a better person. He's asking you to be filled. To filled with his capacity to do in you which only he could do. So ask yourself right now, what is stopping me right now? What is stopping me from making a decision today and saying, I will be your disciple then? What's stopping you from picking up your cross and dying to self? You know the funny thing? The funny thing is, when you accepted the gospel, you died to self. So it's not that you have to die again, but when you come to his word, believe it, receive it, acknowledge it, you remember that you're already dead. I kid you not, a lot of our walk Initially is about remembering what we already have. What do we have?" I hear them say. We're born again. And as a church around the world, we have A-starred in the idea of being born again. But the funny thing is, Jesus rarely spoke about being born again. In fact, he spoke about it once to Nicodemus in the middle of the night somewhere. And to be honest with you, it sounded like Jesus was was taking the mick a little bit. The message that he preached was the kingdom of God. The rule of God. Now, I'm not going to go too deep. It's a 2.30 service. But the part of the kingdom of God I will talk about is his rule in your heart. You cannot have a functioning kingdom. You cannot participate in a kingdom without obeying the will of the king. when we pray, let your will be done on earth through me as it is in heaven. Do you know what you're saying? You're saying any will that I have that is not in line with your will, let it not be for me. That's surrender. Each day you wake up, you're making a commitment to remember that you have died and you are living in him. Each morning you don't remember that, guess what? You will forget. And you'll be walking in your own understanding. You'll be pursuing all these crazy things that seem right to you. And there's this beautiful whisper of the Spirit, which is simply, remember what you have in me. The Bible says that this blood speaks better things. Remember what you have in me. In Christ, you have everything. You're justified. All the sins that you've ever done, ever will do have been forgiven, just as if you have never sinned. So why are you walking with condemnation? Because you're still believing who you are is based on what you do. But if you believed who you are is based on what he's done, then it would change what you do. Set our minds on things above. The word of God is the only thing that gives you information about things above. So what should we set our minds on? Think about heaven. Think about some of these verses I've spoken about. Think about the fact that in heaven, you're not going to have issues. There are people in this room who've got issues with their family members. And when you go to heaven, you guys are going to see how pointless the issue was. Hold on. So why wait? You know what really upsets me about funerals? apart from the person who's, who's passed away, all of a sudden, the pent-up emotions and the communication that never took place comes out. I should have done this, should have been there, should have said that. Why should we wait for someone else's death? Why can't we realize that we are dead so we can be the love to this world? What else can we set our minds on? Set your mind on the lifestyle of God. It's eternal life. What is eternal life? Eternal life, guys, isn't just living eternally. It's not so much about quantity, eternal life. Eternal life is about quality, it is the quality of God's life functioning in you. God is righteous, God is holy. So his life, when it is activated in you, will make you imitate him. The funny thing about imitation is when we think of that word imitation, (laughs) when we think about that word imitation, we always think, well, it's not the original way. It's like a replica. We're trying to copy something. But when the Bible says in Ephesians 3 verse 1, I believe, when it talks about imitate him, I think it's Ephesians 5 verse 1, when it talks about imitate him, It's not try your best to be like. It's realise you already are one with him. And when you realise that, you will be able to imitate him. So that means you've got a real product. That means you have access to a life that goes beyond the way of living you could ever do by yourself. So here's a thought, if that's true, if you have this life in you that is brimming with life, it is alive and active, what's stopping you from releasing it? Every issue in your life is connected to what I just said, any relational issue you have Quick answer, who do you need? You need Jesus. Well, Jesus is in you. Release him. You have a doubt about the future. You need to think from a place of a heavenly location. And when you have that, you have what the Bible calls hope. Hope is not a wish. Hope, biblically, is an expectation. So that means you can have an expectation based on something you have received from God in the face of situations and people that look like it could never come to pass simply because you accept and believe what God has told you. You can be like Abraham and you can say, I hoped against hope. When there was no hope in the natural, I had hope. Because the hope that you're called to function with has nothing to do with what anyone can say or what anyone could do. The hope you have comes from a spiritual realm and I will call that realm the heart of God. So you have it already. Stop begging for it. You have it. You actually have it. The Bible talks about, you know, I read so many books about entering the presence. How do you enter the presence of God? It's so funny. It's as if the presence of God just comes. The reality is the presence of God is here. The question is, are you aware of it? So let me make that clean. You're already seated in Christ in heavenly places. Say it again, you already are seated in Christ in heavenly places. Not because of what you've done, but because of what you've accepted Jesus done for you. You have to be zealous to remind yourself of this reality. If you do, I want everyone to understand when you remind yourself of the truth of what Jesus has done, or specifically the truth of what Jesus has given you through the cross and resurrection, when you set your mind on that, you will realize. You see, <laughs> Usain Bolt, fastest man in the world, he runs 100 meters. The moment his foot crosses the line, he's won the race. I want everyone to remember this illustration. That first foot Jesus puts past that finishing line when he's raised from the dead, that first foot that declares he's victorious is also your first foot to enjoy his victory. How do I get there? How do I establish in my mind, specifically my heart, that I am in Christ already? Very simple. Humble yourself. Humble yourself to the truth of this. I am born again. I'm justified, I'm forgiven, I'm loved, I'm accepted. But, Pastor A, I don't feel like it. It's not about what you feel like, it's about what the word says. It's interesting actually. Because feelings is a strong thing. And the reality is, your feelings will change based on the information you focus on. So if you focus on information for long enough, your feelings change. So if you're not feeling so good, don't act from your feelings. Let your feelings be a red flag to you to say there's something you're thinking which is incorrect. Feelings are a powerful thing. In Colossians 3, two. it says, Set your affection on things above. That word, set your affection, is the Greek word phreneo. For those who do a bit of Bible study, it's the strong number G5426. Just Google it, you'll find out. And the interesting about phreneo is, is it basically means your feelings and intellect, which are combined and affect your outward behavior. Basically, it's your own understanding. So God says... Your own understanding don't be moved by your own understanding. How can a Christian not be moved by their own understanding? This is how. Meditate on the Word. Don't just read the Word. Meditate on the Word. Why? Because it's not just about reading. It's about personally engaging with Scripture. So when you start to meditate on the words. What happens is phronesis is produced. Phronesis, the Greek, the the strong number is G5428, phronesis. Phronesis is practical wisdom. Understanding what leads to right action. When your feelings and opinions please the Lord because they have been shaped by divine persuasion, In short, it's a Christ-enlightened perspective. What do I mean by divine persuasion? I mean this. Let's go practical. Lord, I've done this yesterday and I feel like this. I feel terrible. I feel terrible. Ten people know about it and it's not good. Most people will confess that and say amen and walk away. Don't do that anymore. Continue with this. I did do that. But your word says this. I did do that, but your word tells me that Jesus has died for my sins. I did do that, but I realize your word says that I'm free from the power of sin. So Lord, I realize simply by being persuaded by your words that that action isn't who I really am. When that is real to you and a peace and a joy returns to you, then you can say, I've prayed. I said this a couple of months ago, and I'll say it again. If you leave prayer feeling the same way that you did initially, and initially it wasn't good, then I dare say you haven't finished praying. If the Bible says that in his presence there is fullness of joy, that means, and you haven't sensed that peace, you haven't sensed that joy then the chances are you haven't realised that you're in his presence. So meditate on the word. When you meditate on the word, it's like receiving divine counsel. You're allowing the Holy Spirit through the word of God to change and re-angle your thoughts and your thinking and your feelings. Righteousness is an outworking of practical divine wisdom. What I mean by that is this. Practical divine wisdom is essentially the power of God flowing through you. So as a result, I say and do according to the spirit of God. That is phronesis, practical wisdom. It's wisdom that is seen. So when I walk in this divine wisdom, what you're seeing is the righteousness of God. Not my own self-righteousness. Not my sense of what I think is right. But what God is telling me this is the right thing to do. And don't think it's always, Andrew, this is the Lord. Turn right. It's not going to be like that all the time, guys. Sometimes it's just going to be a feeling, I think I should go right. Amen? So, Let me encourage you guys some more. So what should you focus on in order to operate with the mind of Christ? Which is the the personification of, of heavenly thinking. Understand this, everyone. When you're functioning by the Spirit, you're walking in the operation of the mind of Christ. When you were born again, you received the mind of Christ. You have access to it. When you're functioning by the Spirit or filled by the Spirit, you, you, are, you are operating with the mind of Christ. This is the mindset that does the Father's will on earth as it would be done in heaven. There is a mentality of a kingdom citizen, which you are, that flows from the mind of Christ. Christ. It is his mind that reveals and releases the culture of heaven. Any Ethiopians here tonight, this afternoon? Any? Raise your hands if you're Ethiopian in the building. Yeah, great as always one. You've become as bad as Nigerians. Okay. I'm going to use this lady at the back in the corner. Ethiopia was a country that was once ruled by Italy. Am I correct? Not too sure? Okay, I'm schooling you today, right? Ethiopia was once ruled by Italy. So Italy was essentially a colony of Ethiopia. Ethiopia was a colony of Italy. So that means if you ever go to an Ethiopian restaurant, you may notice some unusual dishes. You might see lasagna. You might see things that are native to Italy. That's why. Okay. Why did I bring this point up? Because earth was always supposed to be a colony of heaven. It was supposed to be an off-site heaven. Now, we, if you want to know what happened, read Genesis, the first couple the first couple chapters. Big issue we stumbled in, but Jesus fixed it all. So now, in order for the reality of heaven, the mindset, the perspective, the attitude, the heart of heaven to be seen. God chose to do it through those who would believe. In what? In Jesus. When you're walking with heavenly thinking, you are walking by the Spirit. You are walking in truth. You are walking in freedom. You are walking in love. You don't love God first, no. You love God because he first loved you. So that means every day we must position ourselves to receive the love of God. And from that moment of receiving the love of God, we are empowered to do God things. Why do I say that? I say that it's because you should be hearing a subtle thread through this. Heavenly thinking doesn't require you to get a degree. Heavenly thinking happens to you because the antenna of your faith is receiving the frequency of the Spirit frequency that is both love and power and that's why Paul said it is the love of God that controls me he was walking by faith connected to the frequency the voice of the spirit I encourage every one of you here that you have the mind of Christ and for all those who've come to church today who are tuning in at home and you've wondered what what is this all about this 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 Jesus thing let me tell you what it's all about there's a way of living that a human cannot live by themselves we are naturally selfish prideful arrogant you name your issue we all share some type of degree of it but not so with Jesus God so loved the world that he said, the human condition is a big problem. It produces murder, jealousy, envy, theft, you name it. And he said, you know what, I'm going to send them my son. I'm going to send them my word. He's going to become flesh. He's going to die for all of them. So that they could die to what they were and could live in the newness of who he's called them to be. And when they do, those who do not know Jesus shall be able to see and hear there's something different about that person. This isn't religion, this isn't tradition. This is the culture of heaven being released through willing, yielded vessels. When you live like that, that's true.